Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hello and welcome to Parenting Bites. I'm Andrea Smith in the studio today with Amy Oztan of SelfishMom.com. Hi. And Rebecca is off today. She is. How We're, dare she? I know. We're giving her a day off. She's busy, though. She's she working. I think she's doing a... She's not slacking. <laughs> she's very busy today. Very busy. But we've got a great guest for you and a great show. Uh, today, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, summer slide, brain drain, keeping your kids active and their, their uh, brains engaged over the summer. Um, as well as the Stanford, I don't want to call it a rape case, but the, the, the sentence of the former Stanford University swim team former student, I guess we'd call it. The him. incredibly lenient sentence? Yeah, that yes. one. That yeah. one. And, and, and the outrage over it. Yeah. So we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we're really not talking about the case. We're more talking about online vigilantism. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so we're going to dive right in today with our first segment. Yes, so we've got Amy Mascot on the line. Hi, Amy. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. So just to give you a little background, Amy is the founder of TeachMama.com, and she's also the author of Raising a Rockstar Reader. And while those two things would be topics all on their own, she's actually with us for a specific reason today. She developed this amazing course for summer um, called the Smart Summer Challenge. And the thing is, I am like totally unqualified to talk about how to how to occupy your kids in the summer because I just ship mine off to sleepaway camp for most of the summer. So I, I don't really have to deal with this. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your program, how it works, um, who it's for, and what parents and kids can get out of it? Sure. Um, so I feel like, you know, Amy, every, um, every family situation is totally different. Like where we are outside of D.C., you know, a big chunk of families go to, you know, do send their kids to camp. Um, but a lot of people, you know, have their kids involved in their like neighborhood pools for swim and dive, that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. that's like their summer. So that's where we are. We, um, my kids do um, swim and dive, and they um, are so busy with that for about like 10 weeks of the summer, but a lot of that time also is, you know, they're home and they need something to do in the afternoon. And so what I did with the Smart Summer Challenge, um, we, I started it, um, maybe about four years ago, um, and it really is for any family that wants to keep their kids' brains sharp over the summer. So no matter what your situation is, maybe your kids are, you know, in camp all day and they're home in the evening and you've got a lot of downtime then, or maybe they're, you know, just kind of putzing around with a sitter in the, you know, daytime or, or for the morning, whatever the situation is you can make this challenge work for you. And we should mention that this is a paid program, but I took a look at the price. It's ridiculously inexpensive. Right. Well, so you can get the calendar for just grab it off the site and download it. That's for anybody. Oh, that part's free. Oh, that's free. That's great. The 14-week calendar is totally free. 
Um, and if you want something else, if you want me to send you the weekly resources that have like the links, the printables, that kind of thing, then you can, I think it's like $24 for the 14 weeks, which is really reasonable. But um, so yeah, if you use the calendar, if you grab them on the site, you can kind of hunt around and find the resources either on my blog or on the, you know, online. You can definitely pull it together yourself but I'll send the resources to you if you want them. Oh, that's excellent. And we'll put a link to both of those things, to the free calendar and to um, to how people can sign up to get you to send the stuff to them. So yeah. what, what yep. kind of things do kids do on the Smart Summer Challenge? So it's really, you know, I they do anything from, there's like usually a literacy-focused activity, a math-focused activity, science, kind of like a art one and then like kind of a either uh, moving and grooving, kind of up and out back or something like that, um, some kind of wild card activity. And they just, it's not like a mom camp by any means. I love my kids, you know, like we all do. But there, there's a butt coming, right? <laughs> I don't want to like entertain them all day long. No. I can't. Like I work from home and plus the kids need a break from me, especially by like week two of the summer. Yeah. Um, so this is not like, there are a lot of things that you can find online like that, believe me. And my hat goes off to those parents who can do it for sure. Um, this is like one activity a day, you guys, where the parent puts it on the dining room table or the kitchen table or coffee table, wherever, and just sets the activity out. And then sometime during the day, the kids go over and explore it. And so when they are bored, like I've got an early bird, want my son's up at the crack of dawn every day, and he always has been, you know. But my tween, my twelve-year-old, um, could sleep till ten if if we let her. Or, or gosh, what am I saying? Like noon at this point. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to so. say I'm always surprised when my daughter comes down on a Sunday morning before noon at this point, and she's twelve also. Yeah. Yes, because they're about the same age, I think. So, yep. I mean, it's wild. So she's definitely on her game, you know later in the night, like 7.30 or so, when my son is winding down. So the idea with the Smart Summer Challenge is that if parents are providing kids with one kind of smart, cool activity every day so that if the kids say, like, I'm bored or, you know, can I go to the move, can I do something, then parents can say, you know what, tackle what's on the table or try your Smart Summer Challenge activity and then, you know, X, Y, or Z, you know. And is this something that the parents can do with the kids? Is it designed that way, or is it designed for the kids to just do it completely themselves? Um, both, absolutely. Some activities, you know, I, I, I really wanted them to be um, independent activities, but the challenge is, is kind of broken up into two, two segments. There's one challenge for four- to seven-year-olds, and there's another challenge for eight- to 14-year-olds. So, of course, the one that's for the younger kids would definitely probably need a little bit more guidance with the activities. Um, now, and also, you know, there's always an extra activity included. So I think for week two, it's like make homemade bagels or soft pretzels. I don't know. Like, I, I would definitely be in the kitchen when my kids are doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, so, so that kind of thing. It just gives parents something and gives kids something because there's so many cool resources online it's just hard to find them yeah it gets overwhelming 
totally. Right. And I think to have them all pulled together is easy. But let me ask you a question. I mean, obviously, this is for people who whose kids are home, you know, who are not sent off to sleepaway camp or day camp, you know, when, when parents work full time and can't be there during the right. day. Um, kind of giving ki- parents a break and, and giving the kids some activities. But do the kids look at these activities like, oh, you mean if I do my Smart Summer Challenge, then I can go do the fun stuff? Do they look at it like homework, or is it really fun and engaging? That's a good question. I think, you know, depends on the kid. You know, sometimes one activity may speak more to, um, you know, a certain child than another. Um, my, I've, I've got a, a daughter who loves to write, so I have like a you know, a writing activity out on the table, she'll eat it up and she'll like totally love doing it. Whereas my son might gravitate more towards the, you know, um, I don't know, like another, you know, a building activity or something like that. And that was just kind of a random example, you know. Um, But, you know, they really are activities that I think because every day is kind of like a surprise, you know, they don't know what's coming. And so they kind of get they get excited to see what it's going to be, and it pulls out like some oldies but goodies. Like so one day in a challenge, we just like plop down, you know, Tinker Toys and and um, you know Lincoln Logs and say like you know one is it's like build the tallest tower. You know how often do our bigger kids get actually a chance to in this busy schedule that we all keep get a chance to really play with those things anymore? So. Um, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's, uh, I think my kids love it because every day is different and there is choice, you know, with what, when they do it. What we've provided is a little kind of like check sheet that if you want to set a goal each week, like maybe kids sit down with you on Sunday night and say, okay, if I do every smart summer activity or four out of the five, then I get an extra hour of screen time, or we get to go to Rita's on Saturday, something like that. You can do that if you'd, if you'd like, if you need more of an incentive, more of, uh, you know, if your kids maybe are, are, are balking a little bit at it. But I think what has made this work for us is that, you know, I'll sit down with them when I get a break um, and do it with them. We celebrate what they've done. We talk about it. It's just a a way of life for us in the summer. What do you, know, you hear I, from parents who are using some of your resources? Do you hear any feedback from them? Yeah, so parents are so thankful. They are, like, so thankful. And we're already, you know, well into over 200 signups this summer alone, and we've wow. only launched just two weeks ago. So um, the feedback is, you know, they're really thankful. They're like, this, this works for us because there's choice. And um, the activities are cool, um, and you provide it all for me. You know, like I just, every week they get an email that has all the links, and there's even table cards. So parents can print out, like, the cards that you put on the table that say, like, um, chocolate math. Can you look at this video and then do this, you know, or whatever. Chocolate Um, math is the best math. It is. It is. It is the best math. And so, of course, when they see a Hershey bar there and they, you know, it's just like that kind of thing, like cool um, activities that, you know, I think they, that my kids have proven, you know, summer after summer that they like um, and parents too. And and I, I think the great part is that it's not that my kids can't occupy themselves. It's that, um, 
they get into ruts. Yeah. You know, like they just do the same things over and over again. And then if I do leave a board game out that they haven't seen in a long time, they will play it. But they would yeah. never go find it themselves. They'd never think to do that. Yeah. That's, yes. And that's the, that is it, Amy. Like they'll do it if it's there. And I feel like I always needed an answer. You know what I mean? I, I definitely feel like kids need to be bored. Believe me. You know, yeah. and whenever my kids say they're bored. I'm like, oh, be grateful. You, you know, you're not working in a field in a third world country. Like you're, you know, you are so lucky to say that you're bored. And I feel like it's part of life to figure out like how to, you know, occupy time and, you know, all of those things. But yeah. this is just one, you know, way that kind of you're using what may be in your house. You're providing kids with you know, something to keep their brains moving. And you're letting them know, like, that you care about, you know, their learning. And mm-hmm. you're providing them with, you know, you're taking the time out of your schedule to provide them with something cool every day. Like, how can they complain about anything? But you know? not but not in a way that's like they're in school all summer. That's what I love about this, is that it's yeah. not it's not overwhelming. It's not like, okay, you're gonna study all summer and do things. No, it's 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 just a fun thing a day. And I think that's really fantastic. I'm gonna check it out because I say that I ship my kids away, but um, they're actually home for a good part of the summer doing daytime stuff. So yeah. this would be great for the evening. So tell yeah. us again where to go to get these resources. Um, you can go to teachmama.com, T- it's T-E-A-C-H-M-A-M-A.com, and right on the sidebar, you'll see a, a big button that says um, Smart Summer Challenge. Perfect. And all of the resources, you can grab the calendar, just take a look at the calendar, see if it even looks interesting to you. Um, and then, you know, if you'd like more, if you sign up for the calendar, I think like, um, you know, a couple emails will come and you can, you know, give me feedback, ask questions. You know, it's not like um, you've got to dive in right away and make the commitment. But um, really, the feedback has been great so far. And and as the summer goes on, I know it's a long answer, but um, I will start sharing on Instagram every day, like, what we're doing, like, what the challenge is. But my kids don't get out until June, June 20th, so... Um, yeah. summer starts late starts here. Late. June, June 28th All right. Here. Well, Amy will put a link to the site on our Facebook page and our website. And thank you so much for joining us and sharing all these resources and cool things with us. Awesome. Ladies, thank you for having me. Thank you. Have Thanks. a great day. You too. Take care. So lots of ideas for kids for the summer. Um, lots of ideas of what to do if your kids are home. And, um, you know, check it out. We'll post a link. So speaking of websites, though, uh, one of our sponsors today is Weebly. And Amy's been our Weebly person. I have been. Um, I set up a great site on Weebly. I'll put a link to it. Um, And, uh, you know, the the thing is, I'm, I'm a weird user for Weebly because I actually can do these things myself. You know what you're doing. I know what I'm doing. And yet, when I needed to set up a site fast, I went straight to Weebly because it's just so easy. It's, I mean, it's drag and drop. You literally like take a text box and drag it over and type in what you need. And then you can drag over a picture box and put a picture in there or put in a YouTube video or, you know, whatever you need. It's, it's so easy to use. 
Um, and Weebly was created for people with the courage to start their own business and the dream to be their own boss. So if you've got that idea in your head that you want to get moving on, don't wait. All right. Just go to Weebly.com and get started on it. You do not need to be a web designer or know how to code to create a fantastic, great looking website. I was just so impressed with all of the different options that they had because um, I'm, I'm not great with the visual stuff, but they take care of that. They give you choices that all look good together. And they just kind of walked you through it, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's so easy. Um, you can customize things. You can update and change your site anytime on the fly, wherever you are. So creating a fantastic, fantastic website shouldn't get in the way of your dreams. Join the over 30 million people, plus me, who are already dreaming big with Weebly. Get started today for free at weebly.com slash parenting. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com slash parenting. Weebly.com slash parenting. Check it out. Yes. It's cool. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right. So topic number two is, um, you know, the, the kind of online shaming or outcry about um this former Stanford student. So there's a bunch of articles that we've been looking at and we'll post them all. But I think the genesis of this is really um, coming out of the comments or the statement that the father of this student made. Yeah, it was unfortunate. The father didn't do his son any favors. Um, What happened was this this kid, um, he raped a woman. Like, that's not in dispute. He raped a woman behind a dumpster. And the judge who just needs to be removed from his job and there is a petition going for that um the judge could have uh sent him to jail for up to six years i think he gave him six months and the reasoning he said was that he didn't want it to have an impact on this kid's future forget about yeah. the impact it had on the woman he raped and, it's all about this the kid's amazing future. letter that she wrote explaining oh. the impact on her it was gut-wrenching to read i actually didn't make it to the end of the letter because three quarters of the way through i was just crying and gutted and but somebody, we'll, we'll link to somebody it. on one of the cables and i can't remember who actually read the entire letter oh. out loud on cable i think it was msnbc but uh, I just want, as a journalist, I just have to say, you know, I, I'm going to say the alleged, you know, he well, get allegedly raped well, because no, no, no. he's he, still. He, he was convicted. But he still says he didn't actually rape her. Yeah, but I think once he's convicted, you know, that's, that but, we, so we don't have to say thing. alleged. He never said he was sorry. He never no. showed. I think what's happening is, you know, if he had gotten up there and said, this was so stupid, I was totally drunk. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what I was thinking. I know better than this. It was such a huge mistake. I'm so sorry for what I did. And the judge gave him this sentence. I think there'd be, you know, outrage, but not as much as there is right now because mm-hmm. he showed no remorse. He still says he didn't rape her. And the fact that the father came forward with this really poor choice of words. And I think what he said was that his son is paying for 20 minutes of action yeah. out of his 20 year life. And he didn't. You know, the consensus really is, and he's come out to say, I didn't mean action in a sexual way. I mean, 20 minutes 
in, in of moments of right. his time on this earth. Right. Not like he was getting some action exactly. for 20 minutes, which is how a lot of people, including myself, took it when they uh, first of read course. it. And I'm not sure if this was a written statement by the father or he just he was just speaking. Do you I know? Believe, I believe he was just speaking. Okay, but that, we can that, check that. That makes, if he was just speaking, it makes a little more sense because, I, is, trust me, I don't, it's not that I feel sorry for him or his son. Oh, it son. actually says has penned a letter saying Ooh. his son is paying a high price for 20 minutes of action. So he you, needed you an editor. Con- yeah, you have to consider <laughs> your words better. I thought yeah. maybe it was on the fly. Yeah. Um, I I don't feel bad for him, but it's not like if this were my kid, it doesn't matter what he did. Like I would probably be on his side and defending him. So it it's not like That's I, a really important point, though. Yeah. Because I think that any parent of... of you know, a boy, and I have a, a you know a twenty five year old son. I really thought to myself, I think I would try to defend him. Yeah, of course, but you really also want them to know right from wrong. Ab- absolutely, and yeah. take ownership of what they've done. Right, and there's a way to support your child without saying the things that this father said. The father, he, he was very much in line with the judge. Like it's all about what this is doing to my son. To my son, not for his stupid uh, mistake. Yeah, for for his. For the rape, I mean, it's it wasn't even a mistake. I mean, it was a rape. And so I had the reaction that I think a lot of people did, you know, immediately um, criticizing the father online. Uh, a friend of mine actually started a great hashtag called 20 Minutes of Action, where mm. she said that in 20 minutes, you can sit your son down and teach him how to be responsible. You can call the police if you see something. You can tell tell a woman if you see a guy put something in her drink. You know, let's turn Which this into Which we just a, saw a story about that. Oh, we'll link to that. That was crazy. Yeah. These, these women actually saw a guy saw put it. something in a woman's drink. Yeah. And we'll let you read the whole story, but he was arrested on the spot yeah. it was awesome and that i think that took more than 20 minutes but still point is 20 minutes of action you you can get something done to prevent something like this um but so in my mind it was just it was an awful awful thing for the the father to say but i also want to link to something that journalist lisa belkin wrote on her facebook because she actually had a different spin on it she was the first person i read who was like okay None of this is excusable, but I don't think that's what the father said. And let's punish the son for what he did. And let's listen to what the father meant and not what he misspoke exactly, about. Exactly, exactly. And I think what it's triggered is, you know, we had that story, what, a year or two ago of the mom, the, the kid who claimed entitlement when he um, was driving drunk. And the killed, affluenza? The affluenza. Affluenza, yes, yeah. Affluenza. This is like affluenza uh, too. Yeah, I mean, I think what it did is it triggered in a lot of people that, oh, here's this entitled uh, kid whose father's just, you know, so upset that he's ruined his life, you know. And I think that it, it pulls at that feeling of um, why should this kid get away with this just because he's entitled. I mean, look at how long it took to release his mugshot, all right? I'm sorry, but if that had been a black kid, his mugshot would have been out there on day one, and it would have been the worst mugshot you've ever seen, and it would have been shared everywhere. There's this baby-faced picture of this kid that has been shared everywhere. That's the image that people have in their heads. So under pressure, Stanford finally released what they said was the mugshot, Um, but it was him in a suit, Still looking baby-faced. Hmm. It was not actually the mugshot. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't? It, no, it wasn't what he was arrested uh. in. It wasn't right after. It was. It was when Stanford transferred it to the actual police. Hmm. 
the actual mugshot, like right after it happened, that is finally out. And it's a much less flattering picture. Yeah. And that's that's the picture that people should have in their heads because if it were a black defendant or maybe a poor defendant, that's what we would be seeing. And I can't believe it took public pressure to put that out. Well, and it's interesting how much public pressure is coming on here onto mm-hmm. Stanford to, to make changes in their policies and uh, for this judge. But let's talk a little bit about the whole online shaming thing and, and vigilantism because that's what's happened. A number of people mm-hmm. have penned posts saying, okay, Let's talk about this guy. Here's his name. Here's what he does. Here's everything about him. Let's make sure everybody knows this happened. He has now become a meme. Yeah. The picture of his uh, of the mugshot that's finally out is now circulating saying, hi, my name is blah, blah. I'm a rapist. Yeah. You know, if you're only going to get six months in prison, we're yeah. going to make sure that this. So what do you, you think? Is that OK? I have very mixed feelings about it. I really do. I don't like the online justice. Yeah. I think that it's a mob mentality. I think that that. Uh, I don't know. This is a tough one because it's a rape. You know, this isn't like kids caught drinking. It's not the other stuff that we talk about where it's like, oh, back in our day, we could do this. And there was no Facebook and nobody was taking pictures. This is different. This is a rape. This kid will go to prison no matter what anybody does. This is going to follow him for the rest of his life. But I don't know. I honestly don't know where I stand. It's kind of like, you know, because we don't agree with what happened, um, the the Internet and, I, you know, the proverbial we, everyone is kind of posting saying this is terrible. We need to we need to create something out of this um, and do this public shaming. But, you know, we talked or we actually didn't talk a little last week. We were going to about the the mom whose son fell into the gorilla pit. Yeah. You know. Did she deserve to be publicly shamed? I mean, so many people went online and blamed her for what had happened. Yeah. And I know it's different from a rape case. And but, you know, we're not judge and jury. I I think the difference is that with um, I hate to use this term, but she's now just known as Gorilla Mom. Um, (laughs) With her, nobody knew the facts. Nobody knew what happened in the moments leading up to it. Um, there was no video of him actually climbing in. Um, so everybody was just guessing. And but then there was that rush to judge. There was a, a total rush to judge, judge and everybody just assuming that they knew what was going on. Um, with this rape case, we know a lot, you know. It's, but in both cases, I just, I hate the memification of it. Yeah. I hate that these two people have now just become pictures with pithy words you know I, I and I can't share them and I can't you know even if I agree with what they say I I can't do it I feel like a lot of people you know have a very strong opinion and that's okay and the internet is where we go to voice that now mm-hmm. you can write like Lisa Belkin did a Facebook post you can write a commentary on your blog um, like scary mommy did you know mm-hmm. a lot of people are doing that but I just, you know, it makes me look at this whole public shaming thing. And, you know, I, I'm just not up for that. I, I just don't think that that's a really good use of the Internet. I think the shaming is misplaced. I think there's a place for it. But I think the place is that instead of the picture of this kid being passed around, the picture of the judge should be passed around. And it is, it is, but to a lesser extent. The people that I see sharing the judge's picture are more the people who actually live in California and get to vote for him right, or exactly. not very soon. Right. So I think that if we turned the shaming towards somebody who is still out there making these ridiculous judgments, 
as part of his job, I think that that would be more productive. Because people will, that you, can, you can't do anything against this kid at this point. You can do something against the judge. Yeah. Or you can try to change the system. Mm -hmm. You know, change awareness. You can speak to your kids. You can find out what's going on at the school that your child goes to and yeah. see what their policies are. I mean, we've seen lots of stories, even at Columbia, here in New York, where kids were protesting because mm -hmm. claims of sexual assault were just not being taken seriously. I'm going to link to this amazing cartoon that talks about consent in the most entertaining way that I've ever seen. It, it's a British cartoon, and it just deals with offering someone tea. I'll, I'll, it's, okay. Have you seen this? I have not seen okay. this. Okay, I can't wait to show it to you because you're like, oh my god, that's brilliant. But it totally speaks to what consent is. Mm. Yeah, it's a toughie. And, and yeah. as parents, it's tough, you know, because I think, again, looking at the affluenza kid, which is crazy, but I think most parents will do anything they can to protect their kids. Yeah, and so there should be a limit on what they can do. There should be a limit on if you're a rich parent, what you can do to improve your child's um, chances. Well, I mean, you know, you, you go back to if it had been a poor minority, you know, they don't With have access defender. to the same legal team that, mm -hmm. you know, a more entitled affluent child would have. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we would love to hear your thoughts on this. Yep. Um, what you think about public shaming, online vigilanteism. It makes me think of that Charles Bronson movie. What was Which that? One? Oh, Death Wish. I've never seen it. Oh, he was like I've a one-man. I've never one seen man. a Charles Bronson yeah. movie. <laughs> uh, it's an older movie. I'm dating myself. <laughs> I'm sure I'm old enough. I just one-man vigilante team. But, uh, you know, that's the way they did it back then, not just, you know, going on Facebook and, and uh, the Internet and posting shaming things. Yeah. Uh, yeah on the fence about this one. So yeah, we would love to hear. We really would love to hear what you think. You can tweet us. Um, you can post on our Facebook page. And if you think it's helpful or if you think it just makes you feel good. You yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. Because if it's just making you feel good, I don't really think there's a point. Okay, so we will be right back with our Bites of the Week. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right, so our other sponsor today is AT&T Digital Life. It's such a cool, comprehensive service that they have. I mean, if you ever leave the house and think, did you leave the door open or did you forget to lock the door? I do that all the time. Mm. What if I didn't turn down the heat or, you know, we know Rebecca's favorite. What if I left the curling iron on? Yeah. Clearly not me today. No, no, no hers is a straightener. <laughs> oh, a straightener, yes. hair straightener, right. With AT&T Digital Life Smart Home Security, you can help get rid of all those unnecessary worries. And boy, could we use to de-stress a little bit in our lives. <laughs> Stop asking what if, because AT&T Digital Life keeps you connected to your home, meaning that you have control. You can check on it when you're away, right mm -hmm. here from the studio at CBS. <laughs> so, you know, if you've got company coming, you forgot to leave a spare key for your in-laws, you can unlock the door remotely right from your smartphone using the Digital Life app. You can check on your pets, which I think is the coolest thing. See what they're doing. Totally. And, uh, you know, if if it gets really, really super hot and humid out, well, you can adjust your thermostat so the house is nice and cool when you get home. I wish I had that today. <laughs> <laughs> With AT&T Digital Life Smart Home Security, you can enjoy more freedom, convenience, and flexibility with a safer, smarter home. And stop saying, did I remember? What if? What if? 
So AT&T Digital Life, that's the way to kind of de-stress your life. You can see motion sensor, you can have video cameras, you can have remote access, all kinds of control right at the palm of your hands. Available in limited areas and select markets. Two-year security agreement required. Camera, door, and thermostat functions each require separate package and agreement. Early termination, equipment, and other fees, monthly service, and other charges and restrictions apply. See att.com slash DL disclaimers for details, including license information. And uh, now it's time for our Bites of the Week. And I'm going to say who wants to go first? I'll go first. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I, I uh, internet connectivity is my life. You know, when I don't have good connectivity, it's it's things are very bad. And um, unfortunately, in my house, I basically get no cell service and uh, it's a big problem. Um, and I was given a product to review. Hey, mine is techie this week. Oh, I'm doing yay. a techie one this week, not just you. Um, so I was given a product to review called the WeBoost Echo. And it's for those those places where you see those people <clears throat> you see those people who have to sit next to their window in order mm -hmm. to get a good signal yeah yeah if that's you or you by have, my door yeah if you've got like that spot that gets good service and you you're stuck there in order to not drop your calls or if you if, you know in order to get faster um, you know get on Facebook faster if that's you this is your product what the echo does is it pulls that signal in from outside and then amplifies it in your house and um, they claim that they can amplify the signal up to 32 times what you had, which is incredible. And so you can be anywhere in your house? It, it covers 1,500 square feet. Okay. So, you know, put it where you need it most. Um, I tested it out. I was consistently getting uh, about um, 16 times the signal, 10 to 16 times the signal. Did you in do most like places. speed test? Yeah, I did yeah, speed okay. test. I, in fact, I have a, a post on my site where I've got screenshots of the speed tests and of the field strength strength tests showing what the signal was um, before and after. Um, and it was pretty amazing. This thing, you know, it's not cheap. It costs $349. Wow, that's an investment. But if you need service inside your house, this is a really easy way to get it because there's like no installation. You literally just put it by the spot where you have the service and then connect it to the other thing with a cable that they include. And that's it. It takes literally a minute to set up once you know where you want to and put it. And then you don't have to pay any monthly charges oh, or anything. No, 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 no. No monthly charges, nothing to download on your phone. It works with all of the different carriers. So you don't do anything different with your phone at all. You're just getting a better signal. Oh. That's yeah. great. So, yes, it's a big investment in the beginning, but then you're done. That would help a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, especially people who have a service and then maybe they move to a different city and their phone is not, their phone service is not as strong yeah. in that particular area. And they're still stuck with that. Meaning I have my son in my head thinking <laughs> that he keeps <laughs> complaining about the cell service. Yeah, but I'll put a link. Yeah. I'll put a link to my site where I reviewed it a couple days cool. ago. Cool. Yay. Amy has a techie gadget. Yay. All right. I don't have a gadget. Uh, can We've you believe swapped. it? I and you're know. not wearing purple. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, purple nail polish. Okay. Okay. She's okay. Um, but I do actually, we're going to post the Father's Day uh, roundup that I talked yes, about last week. Yes, you did a great lot, TV segment. I did a TV segment and a uh, roundup on um, NBCNews.com with lots of ideas. So if you need any Father's Day gift ideas, I've got some ideas for you. But mine kind of goes along with what we were talking about this week. Summer slide, brain drain, keeping learning, doing things. Um, I found this post on Mashable. Uh, 13 cheap or free online classes you should take to boost your digital skills. Ooh. Now, I will tell you, I am so lousy at Photoshop. <laughs> and I have always wanted to be able to take a picture and write 
a caption on it and do something. And, you know, I never take the time to learn how to do that. And how many times have I asked you to help me with my website? And you say, of course, let's do it. And I don't take the time. We need to do that. So we need to do that. So this article, which we'll link to, it's been shared 19.9 thousand times, by the way. This literally has anything that you're trying to do. This has a tutorial for it. So beginning Adobe Photoshop tutorials, Mm -hmm. Final Cut Pro, WordPress for beginners, programming for everyone. It's got stuff like SEO optimization for beginners, LinkedIn training. So I kind of think that this might be good. I need the LinkedIn training. (laughs) I'm so bad on LinkedIn. I can do that. Uh, I'll swap you. You know, Outlook, Fundamentals of Google Docs, which, you know, oh. I'm always in awe at Rebecca when she yeah. sends me these Google Docs. And I go, how did you do that? And she's like, it's, it's just Google Docs. So, you know, it's kind of good, I think, for a high school student to get some really good digital skills, and mm-hmm. just in case they don't already know it. I'm totally going to try to devote some of my summer learning some of these digital skills, and I will let you know how I do. Excellent. And uh, Amy and I can tutor each other, but we will <laughs> post a link to this. I think you should all look at it and find one skill you need yeah. and uh, teach make, yourself. Make that your summer project. Yeah. End the summer smarter. There you go. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Well, that is it for this week's Parenting Bites podcast. I would love it if you gave us some feedback. Please go on iTunes, rate us, review us, subscribe to us. Let us know what you think. Go on our awesome website or our Facebook page, Parenting Bites, B-Y-T-E-S. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell us if you have any resources for Summer Slide or what you think of the uh, Stanford case. And uh, for Amy Oztan and myself here at CBS, I'm Andrea Smith, and we will see you next week back with Rebecca Levy. Thanks for joining us. Bye.